Hello and welcome to Engagement Express, the new podcast series for HR engagement and communication professionals. As always, I'm totally thrilled to be hosting this show where I'll be giving you inspiration and tips on how to increase engagement in your organisation. My name is Kate Siche and I'm an internal communications consultant who's worked with many well-known global brands to support their colleague engagement strategies. Join me every fortnight to hear more about the things you should be reviewing and doing regularly to increase engagement. In this episode, I'll be looking at the vital topic of people managers. For many years, people managers have been the holy grail of internal communication professionals, and they form the center and the core focus of the engagement pillar. When it comes to assessing the value of people managers, it's worth going back to the beginning to look at what a people manager is and what the role was created for. People managers, line managers, supervisors, whatever you wish to call them, are all individuals within organisations that have responsibility for looking after others. Those others could be as little as one person or as much as, well, there is no limit really, but most companies would keep the number of direct reports as low as possible. I've come across managers who are responsible for over 100 employees, but this tends to be in a manufacturing setting. In fact, the original purpose of a supervisor in a factory setting was to ensure employees turned up for work on time, clocked in, as they used to call it, did the work they were paid to do, returned from their breaks on time, and did not leave or clock off until their shift had ended. Therefore, it's fair to say that the original purpose of supervisors was to control the activities of employees and maximise their productivity. Not a very warm or fluffy remit by any means. Although the role of the people manager has changed exponentially since the industrial era, elements of the original remit still persist to this day. Having said that, people managers in this day and age now have a much wider role, the role of supporting and enabling employees to carry out their jobs to the best of their ability. One of the key facets of a people manager is to be an enabler. In the old command and control model of management, telling employees what to do was key. Employees were not seen as having responsibility for their output. Their output was determined and facilitated by managers controlling the amount of time they spent doing the work and how much free time they were permitted during the working day. However, in the new model, managers have been tasked with making things happen and supporting their teams to carry out their duties. This approach sees managers assuming the role of advocate and creating the right conditions for employees to perform at their best. Teams need guidance 
and many companies now expect managers of people to steer their teams and support them to achieve their goals by smoothing the way, building relationships and bridging the gap between the organization's strategy and its execution on the grounds. However, this is not to say that employees are not responsible or accountable for their projects, but what it does mean is that alongside their individual contributor role, managers also need to dedicate a significant amount of time to seeking crucial information and ensuring this information is given to their teams. A big part of this seeking of information will ensure that employees have a great understanding of what is happening in the organisation outside their immediate sphere of control, be it a function, business unit, or even a franchise. One of the most overlooked aspects of the people manager role is the focus on promoting employees and their work. Advocating for teams involves talking to key stakeholders about the work that your teams are doing and how this feeds into the strategy. This needn't be a formal exercise, but is more likely to succeed if this remains at the forefront of managers' minds in their daily interactions with stakeholders. Being a manager, a good one at least, requires a great amount of selflessness and the ability to relegate your ambitions in favour of the teams. Good managers are well aware that if the team wins, then everyone wins. As the famous saying goes, there is no I in the word team. A cliche, probably, but this also needs to be balanced with the equally important need to have a strong manager and a manager who knows and understands their own mind. And finally, I wanted to explore a little the idea of weak managers. I recently wrote a blog on my website about Hansel and Gretel's breadcrumbs and how, if you follow them, you could explain the idea of weak management. I've long been an advocate for equipping managers to support their teams by giving them the tools to succeed in this pivotal role. The modern perception of the word manager evokes thoughts of steering and manoeuvring, of guiding and supporting. And as I said previously, this is exactly what people managers can do for the organisation by default if they're doing this for their teams. Show me a team that's behaving badly and I'll show you the breadcrumbs leading back to poor management. This goes for both the hierarchies below and above the managers. Managers don't manage their teams in a vacuum. They lead their groups within an organisation and are influenced in that management by the culture, working practices, leadership style, values, etc. that the company extols and holds dear. I often catch myself talking about managers as an isolated group, but they are almost always a product of their environment. Managers have a lot to deal with, so giving them toolkits that not only contain content, but also demonstrate how to use and deploy the content during a team meeting or one-to-one setting can be 
more valuable than just hitting the send button with yet another Word document attachment for them to decipher. The answer to mobilising this pivotal layer of the organisation lies in understanding the organisation that they work for. Toolkits are not for every manager, but perhaps briefing templates are. Make team meetings mandatory? Perhaps this won't work, but informal catch-ups that suit different groups and different work patterns and priorities might. It's a tricky balance between giving managers the freedom to decide how to communicate with their teams whilst ensuring that some form of regular and meaningful communication actually takes place. Thank you for listening to this episode of Engagement Express. The topic of people managers is such a crucial one and plays a pivotal role when it comes to engagement that I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. I will indeed revisit this topic at a later date to explore another layer of this fascinating subject. I hope you enjoyed the journey as much as I did. Join me in two weeks when I'll be talking to the fantastic Nita Clark and David McLeod, authors of the 2008 seminal report on engagement entitled Engage for Success, which was written in 2008 for the then Labour government led by Gordon Brown. Reach out to me and let me know what you think or if you'd like to work with me further at ktcche at wheretolookcoms.co.uk or via LinkedIn at ktcche. That's I-S-I-C-H-E-I. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And remember, opportunities to engage are everywhere. You just need to know where to look.